Welcome to the CX, AI, and Outsourcing Podcast, a show about the people, technology, and economics that are shaping the customer support industry. My name is John Walter, and today I'm doing a recap of some thoughts that have occurred over the past month, in particular in regards to hallucination and best practices by customer support leaders when it comes to being able to leverage the incredible power of large language models while at the same time overcoming their greatest risk, which is hallucination. This podcast episode is me mainly reading an article I previously published through the LinkedIn newsletter I have that goes by the same name as this podcast. I might go on a few tangents and provide some additional thoughts if they arise, but I just wanted to jump in and give almost an audiobook style lecture. Hopefully you'll find it informative. It begins by looking at the National Eating Disorders Association when they contracted with a mental health chatbot company called CASS, C-A-S-S, and it was previously named X2AI. That name changed recently. That could have been due in part to the controversy you're about to hear about. So NIDA, the National Eating Disorders Association, contracted with this company, CAS, to deploy this chatbot. The original implementation did not include generative AI capabilities. All of the responses were pre-programmed. So think about one of your traditional chatbots that you've always had those horrible experiences with, where they have these decision trees that you have to kind of go through and face limited constraints as what you can do as a customer. That's what they had. But then... CAS implemented a quote-unquote systems upgrade that enabled generative AI capability powered by large language model technology. For anyone who's unfamiliar, large language models, think ChatGPT. If you don't know what that is, go to OpenAI's website right now. Put down everything, stop the car, whatever you're doing, check it out. Surprisingly, I still meet people who do not know what this technology is. But... Back to the story. Last month, news reports began to surface, alleging that the bot was providing highly inappropriate recommendations to users. In particular, the chat bot recommended that users track their body measurements and mentioned the use of skinfold calipers without those topics being introduced by the user, allegedly. And when asked to suggest foods for weight loss, the bot praised the user for wanting to make quote-unquote healthy choices. Nita promptly took down this chatbot as news about it began to spread. And the sources for this story, this NPR and the Washington Post. So how does this happen? This is a very interesting use case here because the things that the bot was saying, it was not factually incorrect, which is typically what we think about with hallucination. It was correct, but extremely inappropriate under the context, potentially harmful. So this happens because LLMs are trained on text using machine learning algorithms. They analyze sequences of words and learn to predict the next best word to generate given the preceding context. This allows LLMs to generate text that seems insightful or knowledgeable due to patterns learned during their training. However, the same process can lead to hallucinations or instances where the model generates information that's incorrect. The model is simply predicting word sequences based on probability rather than factual verification. Moreover, large language models sometimes generate text that is true but contextually inappropriate as we see here. So back to the Nita story. An important fact to the story is that Nita previously had a live phone helpline staffed by humans for more than 20 years. This popular helpline received around 70,000 calls annually, but Nita found the helpline to be unsustainable due to the high volume and the severity of the calls. Therefore, the organization made a controversial decision to shut down the helpline on June 1st, 2023 and to only provide chatbot support. 
The allegations of the improper chatbot output began to arise in very close proximity to the time when the helpline was closed. This timing is noteworthy because it raises the possibility that some of the chatbot's inappropriate outputs were intentionally triggered by a bad actor or troll. It is possible that people who were upset about the controversial decision to shut down the live voice helpline intentionally sought to trigger inappropriate comments from the chatbot in order to shame the organization. Now, this is a very important topic, and we do not know the answer to what exactly happened in this instance with Nita. We do not know if their chatbot hallucinated during normal usage or a bad actor intentionally triggered this hallucination in order to shame the organization. But it's that mystery that makes this incident a good example for all customer support leaders and chatbot vendors to learn from. The main lesson of this podcast episode is that companies face two very different legal and moral circumstances when you compare A, an accidental hallucination that occurs during normal customer usage, to B, a hallucination that is intentionally triggered by a bad actor. All customer support leaders should have a framework for viewing these two different scenarios. If the Nita chatbot hallucinated during normal usage, then it was a horrendous failure of both Nita and the chatbot vendor. A customer could have been harmed by the chatbot, and both Nita and the chatbot vendor could be subject to legal liability. But if the hallucination was triggered intentionally by a bad actor, then no customer was harmed by it. That's because the egregious output would have only been displayed to the troll who intentionally calls the inappropriate output to be generated. So circumstance one, let's consider first hallucinations that occur during normal chatbot usage. Simply put, egregious chatbot output should never occur during normal usage. Therefore, if I were a CS leader negotiating a contract with a generative AI chatbot provider, I would require the vendor to provide indemnification for all claims arising from egregious and harmful chatbot output during ordinary customer usage. I would also include a clause to provide stipulated damages in an amount reasonably calculated to hire a PR firm to mitigate damage to the company's reputation. Of course, chatbot providers will push back on this. In fact, my chatbot friends are probably upset that I'm writing and talking about this topic. But it's true. The burden of preventing egregious chatbot behavior in ordinary circumstances rests on the AI vendor's shoulders. And if no chatbot vendor on earth is willing to provide this level of guarantee, then I personally would wait to implement this technology in large-scale customer support until egregious and harmful hallucinations are a thing of the past. Hallucinations are caused by an engineering challenge that is likely to be overcome in the next few years. I personally would rather wait until then to deploy this technology unless a vendor was willing to fully assume the risk of egregious and harmful hallucination occurring during ordinary customer use. However, that being said, companies should not hold off on this technology until 100% accuracy is achieved with generative AI chatbots so long as the output is not harmful or egregious. I personally believe a reasonable threshold for deployment is achieving parity with average human agent accuracy. Now, to help clarify this topic a little further, let's consider a second circumstance. Now, let's look at hallucination that's intentionally triggered by a troll. I discussed earlier there is a risk that angry users or trolls can intentionally trigger LLM-powered chatbots to produce egregious output. 
When I first heard a customer support leader raise this concern, I thought he was exaggerating the risk. However, over time, I have been told by several people whom I highly respect and trust on this topic that this is a realistic and true risk. I recently had a panel discussion on the topic of hallucination where I invited some of the best minds in the industry who are helping enterprises use LLMs and overcome the risk of hallucination that this is still, with today's technology, something that is difficult to manage. And if you are implementing LLM technology, it's a risk that you should be aware of. And you can take efforts to mitigate, but at the end of the day, if you have somebody who is intentionally set to try to shame your organization, they may be able to use this technology to generate inappropriate content. They can then use to take screenshots of and try to share on social media or use it for some other nefarious purpose. Now, my personal philosophy on this topic is that trolls should not be allowed to deprive companies or their customers of the great benefits that generative AI technology brings. Therefore, if I were a customer support leader, I would still launch generative AI chatbots despite the risk of trolls triggering hallucinations. And back to the previous topic of contractual clauses, I would not have an expectation that a chatbot provider would provide indemnification or would provide some type of stipulated damages in the event that a troll intentionally triggered an inappropriate output. And now I'm actively doing research on how companies can fight against this type of behavior. There should be some type of technology that can totally prevent this from happening. And I do have the expectation that over time that this will occur. But in addition to that, what are the ways that companies can protect themselves and their brands from nefarious actors? Of course, I used to be a trial lawyer, so my mind automatically goes towards litigation and thoughts of legal claims and circumstances. And I know if you are a customer support leader or a technology vendor, the absolute last thing that you want is litigation. Litigation is expensive, stressful, and it can bring disrepute to a division <laughs> that spurs litigation within the organization. But let's take a step back and consider how litigation may actually be a useful tool for a customer support department. Because litigation is not always about winning money. Sometimes litigation is used to clarify what happened and to rebuild reputation in the event of slander or libel. And that is what would be happening here. If a customer or troll is angry at your brand and they go to your chatbot and start saying ridiculous things that a human would never say to a chatbot under ordinary circumstances or to a human customer support agent, they're just bombarding it with the intention of trying to trip it up and to say something horrendous. If they prevail and actually get it to say something stupid or harmful or horrendous, then they go from there and take a screenshot and make a public misrepresentation about the performance of that bot, even if they just imply that this output was generated during ordinary customer use. That is a horrendous thing to do. It's a total lie. It's a misrepresentation. And it is slandering the reputation of two businesses. One, the business that is providing the customer support. And two, the vendor that is providing the underlying technology. 
And litigation can be used as a tremendous fact-seeking tool. You get discovery where you get to send all types of requests for information to the opposing party, and they have to provide answers. And in reality, usually, unless you're very talented at drafting those discovery requests, most defense attorneys are pretty tactful at only giving the bare minimum of exactly what was asked within the scope of the request. But it's the depositions. The depositions where you're able to sit somebody down into a room for hours at a time and ask them any relevant question is where you can really uncover the facts of what happened in a given circumstance. So I personally believe that it would be worthwhile to use chatbot technology powered by LLMs despite the risk of hallucination. And within the contract, I would not hold the vendor responsible through indemnification or stipulated damage clauses in the event that a bad actor is intentionally causing these harms. In reality, that's just kind of a, a risk that you assume as a company if you decide to use this type of technology. But it's a risk that is worth assuming, in my opinion. This technology is profound. Think about the amount of money that you spend on human agent support. What if you can reduce that cost to a fraction while still providing very high-level customer support? That benefits the company and the customer. And whatever cost that you may incur as an organization litigating to clarify what happened, that cost would likely be offset by the savings that you would enjoy as an organization by implementing cutting-edge AI technology in your customer support operations. So the ultimate question comes down to, are you as an organization committed to delivering the highest quality customer support at the lowest cost, despite the fact that somebody may try to be a troll and misuse this technology to shame your organization? If you are committed to that cause, then it's okay if a troll tries to bring you down. You just have to, as an organization, fight back because you are morally righteous in what you're trying to accomplish and you are legally on the right side of the line. This brings up an important topic. If you are a customer support leader, you do not want to make these decisions alone. You need to make sure that your organization has the appetite and the boldness for confrontation in that type of circumstance. If you are in a circumstance where you as a customer support leader decide to take on a generative AI chatbot without first discussing these risks and the commitment to fighting for excellent customer support, even at the risk of trolls doing something nefarious, if you don't have that conversation internally first and something bad happens, something like the NIDA circumstance where egregious output is generated occurs, then you're in a very bad situation. That's the type of situation where you could lose your job. But if you as an organization have already recognized that this is a legitimate risk and we from the top to the bottom are willing to take this risk because we believe in high quality customer support at the lowest possible price, then there's a small chance that as an organization, you might be called to battle by a troll one day. And you can decide as an organization that if we get called to battle, we are going to fight. And this brings up an important topic. So when it comes to litigation, if you are going to have the stance of, okay, let's implement the bot, take the risk, 99.9% .9 chance, actually that might be too high, 99% chance a troll is not going to come along and get past the protections that your vendor has in place and call something horrendous like happened with Nita. But that risk is still there. So let's say if you do go through the chain of command, you get everyone on board to implement this bot and it is up and running, troll comes in, causes harm, and you want to rectify the situation by clarifying exactly what happened and holding the troll accountable and setting an example of the troll. 
One of the most important things to consider is that you must, you must be able to locate the person who behaved in this nefarious way if you are going to in any way rectify your reputation. If you look at the Nita circumstance, one of the press releases, there were comments made saying sometimes bad actors can cause this type of thing to happen. That is not enough. What's going to happen is that your reputation is going to get dragged through the mud. But if you can identify the defendant and can serve process on them, which is the necessary step of having an officer of the court go and provide legal documentation to the person containing the complaint and certifying before the court that this document was delivered, if you can't accomplish that, then you don't have a claim. And so what I would recommend anybody who's using a generative AI chatbot who is concerned about this type of risk is to implement a safeguard of being able to identify a person. And one of the best ways to identify and track down a defendant is through their cell phone number. And I don't think that's an unreasonable request of a customer who's interacting with a chatbot. You can even have it be like a tier two thing if it's not a very standard question and then further communications just requires a cell phone number. And then that cell phone number can be verified through a text message to that number. Then they enter in the code right there. And then there you go. You've got this person verified. And if they start to behave in horrendous behavior, then at least you've got a person that you can track down. And then also, final consideration, within the United States, please. If you're going <laughs> to, I would never recommend what I'm saying here to pursue a troll who's located outside of the United States. So I've been talking for over 20 minutes now, which is way too long for one person to be providing a soliloquy. So I will wrap things up real quickly with some proposed best practices based on this discussion. So when you are choosing an AI vendor, ask pointed questions about the risk of hallucination, both in the context of normal usage and for when a troll is actively trying to trigger hallucinations. If a vendor states that hallucinations are not a risk, then put them to the test. Require the vendor to prove their self-confidence through indemnification and stipulated damage clauses in the event of egregious and harmful hallucinations occurring during ordinary customer use. Realize there's egregious and harmful used in conjunction, not disjunction with an or. So this only applies. I would only request indemnification and stipulated damages if the content is both egregious and harmful. And I note that is a subjective standard, but there generally is subjectivity in contracts and circumstances like this. You cannot spell it out in every circumstance what may happen, but you need to set forth some type of expectation that the vendor is going to be bearing this risk. And worse comes to worse, it could be proven out in court. My next advice is for you to have a conversation with the top executives in your company about whether your organization is willing to accept the risk of intentionally triggered hallucinations. Do not make this decision alone. You do not want to be the only person under the microscope if things go bad. Now, if you decide to move forward with the implementation of an LLM-powered chatbot, here are some proposed best practices for mitigating the risk of hallucination and deployment. First, ensure your vendor is implementing proper safeguards and techniques to prevent hallucination. Those techniques are beyond the scope of this recording, but as a customer support leader in today's age, you have responsibility for learning and staying on top of what these techniques are. So I highly recommend staying tuned. I'm going to be exploring these topics in much greater detail in coming months. And you can also just search online on LinkedIn, Medium, 
Twitter, and find good resources to tackle this because it's something you definitely want to stay on top of. Second, notify customers that they are communicating with a generative AI chatbot and not a human. Clarify that generative AI is fallible and that the output should not be assumed to be accurate in all circumstances. And third, have the chatbot provide the customer with citations to the original sources it pulled the data from. Encourage the customer to check the sources for accuracy if their reliance on the output could potentially cause financial, physical, or emotional harm. Let's pause for a second and notice that these two steps of simply notifying the customers that the responses could have errors and two, having the actual data source attribution available to the customer so they can check the veracity of what is being said, those two steps in conjunction, I could see being very powerful in reducing the risk of liability in the event that something bad does happen during ordinary customer usage. And if you are truly concerned about the risk of trolls intentionally triggering hallucination, then require users to provide and validate their cell phone number at the beginning of the chatbot interaction. And this added layer of transparency may itself prevent bad behavior. And in the end, if bad behavior does occur, it will be much easier to locate the troll and take legal action if you choose to do so. That there concludes today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions on this topic, customer support outsourcing, artificial intelligence, or anything at that intersection in general, I would love to speak with you. Our company, ZMAX Inc., has been advising some of the world's largest brands on human agent outsourcing for almost three decades now. And today we are developing an expertise in the use of artificial intelligence and customer support, in particular, how to get the best mix of human agent and AI support to provide the highest quality customer experience at the lowest cost. We would love to hear from you. You can find me on LinkedIn. My profile is provided in the link in the show notes. Hope to see you next week and thanks for listening.